Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Talking some NBA, Dan Favali, NBA writer for Bleacher Report, deputy editor of NBA Math as well. You can find him on Twitter at Dan Favali. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Dan, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you doing? Wonderfully. We are doing well. And today we do Top 5 Fridays. So today our Top 5 Friday is reasons why the Bucks will win a championship so basically bucks fans are going to get a chance to dare to dream today but you tell me if you had to give me statistically or some things that you see trend uh, trend wise throughout this season the reason why the bucks uh, not only record wise but should be considered the top team in the nba well i think you look at a few things and you start with Giannis Antetokounmpo, where no he's not all of a sudden this prolific jump shooter but he's never been more comfortable taking him off the dribble has these little sort of fadeaways now and whether those go in or not you want them to go in but they do put pressure on defenses and change the way that you have to guard them and so that neutralizes perhaps some of the problems they faced particularly against the Raptors last year Uh, Eric Bledsoe also has done a pretty nice job in isolation himself and so you look at how big of an issue he became on offense for them at points last year during the postseason there's a chance that they end up being much better suited um, to go up against a defense like the Raptors or maybe even the way that the Boston Celtics will inevitably defend them. That's that's going to help them out a lot. And and finally, I think what also helps them is that, while they haven't gone to it often, they have played Giannis Antetokounmpo at the five more than they've ever done before. And so that's something they sort of have in their back pocket if they're, one, looking to create a mismatch, or two, if you find yourself going up against a team that might trend towards the smaller side, uh, if it's a Boston or a team like that. Um, when we look at, say, the Western teams, is it the Clippers, is it the Lakers, somebody else? Who right now is that biggest threat out West? I, I think we have to default to the Clippers at this point. They're deeper and they seem more well-rounded. They can play more styles. Um, when you just look at having Jermichael Green and Mar- Marcus Morris, both of whom can kind of step up at the five, um, you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, two of the best wing defenders in in the NBA, and so you have so much versatility there. The Lakers are intriguing because they have LeBron James. You know he's made the most of this time away from the season, and the idea of him being fully rested in the playoffs is actually sort of terrifying. But when you lose Avery Bradley and you still find yourself relying a little bit on Rajon Rondo and you play so many two big lineups and um, you haven't necessarily given yourself a ton of experience with the um, with smaller combinations where um, it's not just Anthony Davis at the five, but you haven't decided is it Marquise at the four, Kyle Kuzma at the four. There just seems to be more variance baked into how the Lakers are going to perform when they come back. And so I think you have to name the Clippers as the West favorites right now. 
Um, which, you know what, uh, facing Kawhi again, maybe the Bucks, if they, they win the championship, you, you get over the nemesis that was Kawhi from last year, maybe it makes it more satisfying. Giannis said that this is going to be the hardest championship to win. Budenholzer kind of backed it up, even though he did backtrack a little bit and say, hey, look, everybody that's won a championship says that's the hardest one they've ever had to win. But when you think about the circumstance, you, the Bucks had the best record, but they've lost home court advantage. It's a neutral site. You're living in a bubble. You're coming back. Maybe everybody's not in the best of shape. Is this, in your opinion, going to be the hardest championship to win? I don't know if it'll be the hardest, but I, I think people probably throw the, the term asterisk around too, mu- too much. Um, that's really for if a team that you know we weren't expecting to win all of a sudden wins because we see these powerhouses kind of fall off and struggle to work through rust. If the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Dallas Mavericks made it out of out of the West, that's that's what that would be reserved for. If it's a team other than you know one of the preordained favorites, Milwaukee, the two LA teams, uh, you could probably throw Boston or Toronto in there a little bit. If it's someone outside of that primary contender circle that that wins the championships, that's when you start to um, throw the term asterisk around more. Uh, but I do think there's going to be just a level of difficulty regardless because these guys have not played NBA competition basketball for what's going to be basically a third of the year when they come back. And you're all of a sudden, you're not just going through a preseason and then starting with the regular season. You're going to be into games that matter, into these high-stakes tilts almost in no time. And so um, there's this pressure on you to, to work through the motions quicker than you would have uh, if this were the start of a normal season. And so I could definitely see where, where Giannis is coming from when he's looking at this as other people might view it as a chance for maybe these underdogs um, to, to seize and capitalize on, on an opportunity. But for just every team in general, I think the road is just a little bit more difficult because they're so much less pressure than, than they would be normally. Talking with Dan Favalli, uh, NBA writer for Bleacher Report, also the uh, deputy, deputy editor of NBA Math. And I wanted to ask you when um, – there, there's. I'm, I'm reading the other day that uh, they're picking out of the East. Obviously, the Bucks are the top dog, but they say, well, that team that's got that legitimate shot, Philadelphia keeps coming up. Tell me why Philadelphia all of a sudden is kind of a, a fast-growing darling since they weren't really playing great basketball the last we saw them. The biggest reason for them just has to be that Ben Simmons had the chance to get healthy he was dealing with a back injury, and I don't even think his return date had him coming back by the start of the regular playoffs, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Al Horford's also been pretty banged up this year. You've given his Achilles or, or hamstring just time time to heal, and so they might just be fresher overall. And I think there was always that element of they can really uh, dirty up a game just with their defense. They can play super big and, and they can grind opposing offenses down to a halt. And, and in the playoffs, that can end up mattering more so than it does in the regular season. I don't think they're all of a sudden going to have it together on offense or that they're all of a sudden going to be deeper because those were two problems that they were definitely facing beforehand that haven't gone away. But if they're healthier and they can still sort of ugly up uh, the game on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think there's a clear path to them coming out of the East. I wouldn't call it a favorable one. There's probably at least three teams I, I put in front of them, but there's certainly a path for them to get out of the East. Uh, then you mentioned Boston. Boston's another team that has this peskiness to them. What about Boston makes them a legitimate threat? Uh, I think one of the biggest things is that everyone was sort of worried about their absence of size in, in the front court, and they've put together a top-seven defense anyway. Um, Jalen Brown has shown that he can defend bigger players 
a ditto for even Marcus Smart, who despite being, I think he's 6'3 or something like that, just feels positionless with the way he defends. And then really the growth of Jason Tatum as a shot creator has helped him a, a great deal. You still need him to kind of level up in the sense he has to create more shots for his teammates, but he's shown that he can make some more complicated reads. For now, just the more important thing is you have Kemba Walker as one of your from-scratch creators, but now that Jason Tatum uh, has developed basically into probably your best scorer at this point when looking at him creating his own opportunities, that gives you just two guys who can go out there and and make buckets, uh, get buckets out of nothing situations, and and you need those types of players in, in the playoffs, and I think we've seen them kind of peter out um, in years past because they didn't have that player or they only had one of those players. And now that you have two of them, one of whom in Jason Tatum has played borderline uh, all defense this year, uh, it, it's a huge deal for them. Uh, as I was reading, uh, the Clippers have shut down their practice facility. We know that uh, others have, the Nuggets, the Brooklyn Nets have as well uh, because of the coronavirus, not necessarily all with players. There was some part of the, uh, some part of the traveling party as well. So they did it as a precautionary measure. Do these teams that don't get that additional facility time, do you say, okay, that might set you back, that's set you behind? Because certainly Anthony Davis feels like the rested legs for the veterans that they have over with the Lakers and the workouts that they had, uh, kind of unofficial workouts that they had at that, that you know millionaire's facility that has the Staples Center in his backyard, uh, they, they feel that they're ahead of the game. I mean, coming out of this, do you feel like there's one team that has an advantage or a couple of teams that have an advantage over the others? Uh, looking at how much uh, time maybe they've had to, to, to play together. Uh, I, I think you can certainly uh, talk about the Lakers or just any players who are out in Los Angeles at that sort of, you know, famed Staples Center replica, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think the bigger advantages come for teams that were just dealing with injuries in general or maybe players like a, a James Harden who's so overtaxed during the regular season that he's petered out in the playoffs in the past. Now you're getting him uh, at a point where he should be fresher for the postseason. I think that ends up being – the bigger uh, advantage. If you're a team like the Nets or the Clippers, it's less than ideal that your facilities will be shut down at a time when so many other teams are now actually officially together. But everyone's going to kind of be dealing with the same thing, even when they once they get to Disney. I believe they have to be quarantined for a certain amount of time anyway. And so I don't think anyone gets a demonstrative advantage from that. If there is a team, though, I think Anthony Davis is absolutely right. It's going to be the Lakers just based off their location, um, proximity to, to that Staples Center replica. Uh, also, one more thing before I let you go, and getting back to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, when I, I look at this, and the one thing that I keep coming back to is the depth. And when it's the depth of a team in a shortened sprint like this coming out of the situation we are in, does that favor the Milwaukee Bucks because of the depth, because of many different guys that are not, say, MVP-style candidates, but are guys that are role players? They've got a, they've got a depth and a plethora of role players on this team. Does that benefit the Bucks as well? It absolutely does, and there's probably more of a debate uh, on how valuable depth outside your top six or, or seven guys is in a typical postseason. Um, but for the Bucks specifically, you look at two elements of their team, and, and one every other team is facing. If there is just an injury because uh, some of these players haven't played for so long that they might be more susceptible to, to getting hurt, you, you have guys that can fill basically every single role at every single position behind them, and that's absolutely huge. And then for them – uh, there are some of their key players, and namely Eric Bledsoe, just based off what we've seen over the past two postseasons, where there's probably a little bit more variance attached um, to their performance, particularly on offense. And so if he's struggling, uh, you, you know that you have George Hill. You know that you have the emergence of Dante DiVincenzo. So 
the fact that you have other options, if, if one of your players outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo and I'd throw Chris Middleton in there, is, is really struggling, uh, that, that just helps them a great deal. And, and, and as I mentioned before, they also have this ability to play in, in a few different ways. They haven't really leaned on it. They do tend to like having that traditional five in the middle. But if they want to, they, they can downsize and try and uh, mismatch against other teams. So I think that depth is absolutely going to help them no matter what. And in a setting like this, it's probably more helpful than it would normally be. Excellent stuff. Can't wait for it all to get underway. Dan, appreciate your time, okay? No problem. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thanks so much. Dan Favalli, NBA writer for the Bleacher Report and deputy editor of uh, NBAMath.com. You can find his stuff there. So uh, thanks to him for joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion